You are listening to Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and Friends. And here is my friend, Michelle Woods. Michelle, welcome back. Episode two. I know. We are so excited to be back. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, we've got some interesting topics today. We're going to pick up where we left off with nipples. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go there again. (laughs) I guess so. We're going to talk about why humans are so obsessed with the breast. And I understand that you have a little erotica for us today. What is happening on this show? <laughs> it's craziness. Goodness. I do indeed, but I'm going to leave people dangling on that one for a little bit. Um, You're going to leave me dangling. Yeah, because you haven't even heard I it. I don't know what we're well, doing. Well, last week we had made the promise that uh, I was going to share this letter that one of my clients wrote to her husband as her way of communicating what she really wanted from him. Right. And when I read it, I had tears, like it just moved me so deeply. And I thought, you know what? I I think that everyone, I I think that every man and every woman should write a letter to their spouse communicating so beautifully and eloquently and invitingly what it is that they really clamor for from their mate. But I'm going to save that until later in the episode. Perfect. Because I think that we, uh, that we owe it to Jeff to answer the question that he emailed us. So are you ready okay. for this? Yes, so I'm all ears. I, I guess he heard episode one where we talked about your hard nipples. <laughs> and, and if you're it diving into episode two out of nowhere, <laughs> you might want to back up and, and uh, listen to episode one just so Rewind. you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, but he wants to know, is it normal for a woman to not really care for her breast to be caressed and gently sucked? He says, we've been married for 31 years and my wife really seems to not care for it much. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about that question? Well, I think that she's certainly entitled to her feelings. Uh, I know that not all women feel the same way about touch, but if it were the woman approaching me, so if I were to just respond to the husband, I would say, you know, well, she's entitled to that feeling. Mm-hmm. And right. it's not up to you to invade her space or twist her arm or pressure mm-hmm. her into letting you do it just because you enjoy it. But if it were her that I were talking directly to, like if she'd come to a workshop and mm-hmm. said, I hate for my breasts to be touched. What do you think that I would challenge her to consider? <laughs> <laughs> You've been to three workshops. <laughs> you would challenge her to let him touch her um, or do, do those things to her. Um, but and not get to the bottom of maybe why she doesn't enjoy exactly. It. I, yes. Well, I, I I wouldn't do the first part. I wouldn't challenge her in that direction until I found out more about what is why? this really all about for you. Sure. Right. What does this represent for you? And so one of the questions that I would want to know is how does she feel mm-hmm. about her own breasts? Right. Because I think that we're taught from a very young age to be super self-conscious about mm-hmm. the size, the shape, the perkiness, all that of our breasts that women, I think that women have their own breast obsession Oh yeah. or, or else why would they pay so much money to have <laughs> boob jobs? Right. Uh, and, and some women are wanting to make them bigger and some women are wanting to make it smaller. It, smaller, just, perkier, whatever. Yeah. And every time we try on an outfit, it's all about how, how our boobs look. And, yeah. and so I'm wondering if she was shamed as a mm-hmm. child because I know that 
for me growing up, I remember when my uncles took notice of my 11 or 12 year old developing body. Mm -hmm. And I think the question that they asked me was, oh, you're, you're developing a little mosquito bite there, aren't you, girl? <laughs> and it was so embarrassing oh and humiliating. Yeah. Oh, I think it was, uh, oh, you got a couple mosquito bites there on your chest. You're going to need some Band-Aids soon, oh my which gosh. was their way of saying you're starting to need a bra. Super embarrassing. Mortified. Yeah. Mortified. But I realized that there are a lot of women out there that their trauma around breasts is much greater. Right. Maybe they were groped by mm -hmm. someone who was a very unwelcome person in their space. Maybe they're triggered by that. So one of my challenges would be to ask her, where does, what does it represent to you to have your, first of all, how do you feel about your breasts? Second of all, what does it represent that your husband wants to touch you? Third, how does it make you feel? And then is it possible that you could reframe your perspective is it possible that you could write yourself a different story? Because we're the author of our own lives and we can make something represent something completely different. We don't have to stick to the same story all the time. So the woman who's been victimized before in her childhood, she doesn't have to feel like a victim in her marriage. She has power to say no, to, right. to totally take control. And to, she, she never has to be touched in, in what she considers an inappropriate way again. So we need to harness that power and make it work for us. So is it a possibility to go from not liking your breasts to be touched to the total opposite end of the spectrum where you can't get enough of it and you just love it? <laughs> well, I don't know about the can't yeah. get enough of it part. <laughs> <laughs> can tolerate it, can enjoy it. Yeah, I, I do think that that is possible. So okay. here's what I would recommend to the woman who doesn't necessarily like her breasts to be touched yet. Yeah, that is my, you know that that is my favorite <laughs> word in coaching. It's never a period at the end of the sentence. It's a yet and then right. the period. You so know, anything is possible. Is anything what you're is possible. Us? You're okay. right. Anything that you want to be possible is possible. So you're just not there yet. Right. And that adds a little bit of hope to the conversation. So first I would ask her to communicate to her husband what would feel good. What touch does she enjoy? Does she like holding hands? Does she like a back rub? Uh, does she like a foot rub? I love a face massage. Mm -hmm. Like you start rubbing around on my eyebrows <laughs> and my cheekbones yeah. and my jaw and my ears. And oh, yeah. I'm just putty in your hands. You can touch yeah. me anywhere if you've touched me there first. On your face, yeah. Yeah, so non-sexual touch is often the necessary precursor mm -hmm. to sexual touch. And I think right. that most women would say that breast touch is sexual touch to mm -hmm. us. I would agree. Yes. Yeah. So the guy who wants to like jump to second or third base before he even steps up to home plate to bat or, or even gets to first base, it's like, wait a minute, slow the freight train down. How about if you just ask her to snuggle? Mm -hmm. How about if he asks, can I just hold you for a little bit? Can I just run my fingers through your hair? Can right. I just rub your shoulders. If Brian were to ask you if he can give you that kind of non-sexual touch, is there any debate? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I know. You can see my face. No one else can see my face. <laughs> the look on your face is like, oh, oh. <laughs> no, we love, you know, when our husbands, partners, you know, just take time to just love on us, you know, in that, in that way where it's not sexual, but it's just it's intimate. 
it's um, not sexual yet. Right. But I'm not opposed to the idea of non-sexual touch evolving into a desire for sexual touch. Right. And what I have noticed is that if Charlie goes straight for my breasts and I haven't had time to warm up, yeah, that I've actually spoken up a time or two and said it's uncomfortable and it makes mm -hmm. me feel nauseous. That there's right. just something in my stomach that mm -hmm. when he starts going straight for the nipples, it's just like, it, it's a turnoff and yeah. it's nauseating. If he'll do what we've been talking about, just rub my shoulders, run your fingers through my hair. Let's snuggle. Let's talk. I think that that's just the bonding and connecting factor. Right. That when you feel bonded and connected, it feels perfectly normal and even desirable to have them touch your breasts at that point. Try warming up first. Try going to first base before you start trying to jump to second or third base or however however you want to look at your bases. I, I never really knew how those bases were labeled in high school, did you? <laughs> no, not not in high school. Um, so I, I guess I still don't. We we should look that up. We should Google that. I wonder that. if there's an official <laughs> diagram showing what is. Is, what's first, what's second, what's third base. <laughs> um, and then also, I would include kissing in that category. I think that for a woman to be kissed first, and we need to do a whole episode on just kissing, don't we? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that that is That's a good one. some of the best foreplay possible. So gentlemen, just remember that going straight for the breasts, that feels like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, already because you're right. doing sexual touch before you're doing non-sexual touch. But if you'll warm her up with non-sexual touch, warm her up with a kiss or 10. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. We forget how to make out. You know, it's, right. so, it's so sad that when we get married, we stop making out. It changes. Right. But it doesn't have to it be that way. It doesn't have to. It shouldn't. Mm -mm. It shouldn't. Um, I was reading some things last night and it was just talking about how, you know, the, this side of a relationship always seems to change after you get married. It doesn't have to at all. I think it's important that it doesn't. Yeah, but, absolutely. So telling yourself, okay, we can only go this far, but no further kind of the way that you did when you were young or when you were dating adds this element of tension, mm -hmm. I think. And it, it makes it fun. The anticipation. Yeah. It's the exciting. anticipation and the naughtiness of it. I think that yeah. by human nature, we like to be a little naughty. I just I do. don't. <laughs> I'm not like that, Shannon. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wrong girl. <laughs> oh, your nose is growing. I can see no, it getting longer. You can't see anything. <laughs> don't pretend. Hey, but listen, good for Jeff's wife, though, that she can communicate to him that she doesn't like that. I mean, I would assume that Jeff would rather her say, you know, how she's feeling than just act like she likes it. Right. Right. But I, I will also say, well, I don't want to say, but, cause that makes it sound like I don't respect Jeff's wife's feelings. And I do, I don't think that a woman sure. should ever be forced to, to be touched in a way that doesn't make her comfortable or aroused or, you know, like, no, I, I just, yeah, not at all. Yeah. However, dot, 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 I think we need to consider why do men obsess over breasts? Why, why do husbands love to do that to their wives? Because I think that it represents something for him as much mm -hmm. as it represents something for her. For her, it may represent, you know, he's groping me or, you know, whatever. For him, I think that it represents closeness, connection, mm -hmm. intimacy, trust, trust and bonding. 
Yeah. I think that it's an incredibly intimate act to latch on to Mm -hmm. your wife. Uh, And think about this, Michelle. I think that it's so reflexive in the human brain that we are obsessed over the breast. I don't think that this is just what media or society has done to us. I think that we are born into this world with a proclivity toward a female breast. <laughs> right. Because what do we come out of the womb doing? We look for boobies. But <laughs> like our mouth is going 90 to nothing and our head is all around. And what is the only thing that's going to calm that baby down? Yep. To latch on to mama's breast. A breast. A crying baby being passed around at a party will scream its head off until it winds up in whose arms next to what body part there's something about mama's breast that is very very comforting to a child yeah and i think that that sticks with us throughout it's ingrained uh, in us yes i think obviously it's very very primal and so for men to be able to play with their wife's breasts and to suck and lick and uh fondle and all that kind of stuff i think that it represents something very sweet very precious, very sacred. Mm -hmm. Um, And I use the word sacred very intentionally here because you know what I think is one of the coolest things about breasts and about, there's a, there's a particular word in the old Testament that is often used for God. And that is Mm -hmm. El Shaddai. Amy Grant wrote a song about it. Yeah. Yeah. You remember El Shaddai back in the eighties or whatever? (laughs) Good old Amy. Yeah. Do you know what El Shaddai actually means? Well, does it have something to do with the breast (laughs) (laughs) it actually does really it does it means many breasted one really what yeah isn't that cool doesn't that give you tingles on the back of your neck crazy many breasted one so i want you to envision the image of god being because god is not just father i'm sorry but you know and that's not a feminist thing god is Mm -hmm. god is both male and female he made male and female in his image and so god is both masculine and feminine but imagine god himself having many breasts to nurse and nourish and satisfy all of us Mm -hmm. many breasted one i just love that imagery don't you that's crazy i love that i'm getting a, a biblical lesson today i had no no clue. There you go. In fact, I think on an upcoming episode, we need to go deeper into the theology of sex. I I want to make sure that people know our hearts Mm -hmm. because we want to open up lines of communication wide open. We we can get crass sometimes, hopefully in a healthy way, hopefully not in an offensive way. We want we want to be really direct. We don't want to candy coat anything. We really want to talk about sexuality in a way that that is so not the norm, just to help people, like I said last week, break out of their shame shell and really bond and connect as an act of worship. But I feel as if we probably need to back up a step and lay a good foundation so that people understand where we're coming from from a biblical or theological perspective. And some people may not feel that need. Some people may be like, I'm not concerned about that at all. So you can (laughs) skip that episode if you feel the need. But I hope that you'll listen to it because I think that it's really helpful information to know that God loves sex. God loves sex. He doesn't hate sex. You don't have to feel as if you aren't being a good Christian if you love sex. Of course you're being a good Christian Mm -hmm. if you love sex. That's sexuality and spirituality. You'll hear me say it over and over again. Two sides of the same coin. So, well, and I will say this real quick, my husband, you know, Brian, he, he didn't grow up in church and he wasn't saved until later in life. 
And so we had a conversation not long ago about sex and just how God created it and his design for it. We laugh and say, well, people may skip over that episode, but, you know, I think it'd be great to, to just go there and talk about it because my own husband, I mean, I, I just think that he can be reminded that this can be something that's holy. Um, and like you said, sacred. I think that that's where sexual confidence comes from. When we know full well that we're enjoying this because this is what God designed. This right. is what, this is the gift that God has given humanity. This, this is how our bodies work. This is how our brains work. This is how our heart is interwoven into it all. Uh, when people have that knowledge and know mm-hmm. full well that God is behind all of this and that right. we're not, we're not being bad girls when we right. enjoy sex, we're being good girls. We're, we're <laughs> filling our purpose. Uh, the, right. the reason that God gave us a body in the first place is so that we could have pleasure and, and enjoy a sexual intimate, sexually intimate encounter with our spouses. So we'll, we'll cover that next week, but I want to get onto this erotica, but let me just say one more thing about nipples. We're still testing the theory, but I have heard that it's actually possible for a woman to have a nipple orgasm. What? Yeah, that she can no. get that she can get so relaxed and it can feel so good and be so arousing to her brain that she can actually have a genital orgasm through strictly nipple stimulation. I'm going to have to google that. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> So I would love to hear from some (laughs) listeners who actually have discovered this, that if they have had a nipple orgasm, I want to hear from them. Like, is there a magic to it? Is is there a key that we need to know about? We need a play by play. Hey ladies, I'm Celeste from Arkansas and I attended my first women at the well workshop last year and I was blown away. And now I want to ask you a few bold questions. What would it look like for you to become a sexually confident woman? Someone who loves touching and being touched with no guilt, shame, or inhibition. Are you ready to experience the kind of deep inner healing that could make that possible? Would you like to experience a passion for your husband like you've never had before? Or if you're single, would you like to make peace with your past and attract a truly healthy partner? If these questions pique your interest, then consider attending your own Women at the Well workshop with Shannon Etheridge, an author of 22 books and a relationship coach extraordinaire. Learn more by going to shannonetheridge.com and clicking on the workshops link. Each four-day intensive is limited to 10 women, so act now and reserve your spot today. Yeah, so speaking of a play-by-play, let me, let me get into this um, wonderful letter that, um, that a client of mine wrote. I am just going to call her Abigail. It's not okay. her real name. Again, I was just so, so moved. And it alludes quite a bit to the breasts. And so I thought that it really ties in well to our conversation today. So here we go. She writes to, I don't know if she was writing to her husband or, it, you know, that doesn't or matter. Like- a diary? Yeah, exactly. It was more like an intimate look into her own world of desire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. It's, okay. I, I, I could, I just consider this so, so sacred. I was so yeah. honored 
when she shared it with me and she Mm -hmm. gave me full permission. She and her husband both gave me full permission to share this with the rest of the world. And so it's, it's a little bit long, but I certainly think that it will serve a really great purpose. Okay. So here we go. I receive an enticing summons. Come to the garden, my queen. Pleasure awaits. I enter the room. It's illuminated gently by candlelight. And I immediately notice the sweet smell of oils filling the air with a lure and the sexy music quietly playing in the background. The room is warm, but not hot. The bed is neat. And Philip approaches me and says, let me hold you and tell you of my love. He invites me to lean into him on the bed. And as we lay, I notice that he smells subtly of my favorite cologne and cinnamon and that his cheeks are smooth as they rest against mine. He carefully enfolds me in his arms, being sure to keep his touch to my hands, sides, belly, and legs. He caresses my face with his hands and whispers into my ear words of love and acceptance. He sways with me to the music and he tells me I am precious, beloved, of infinite value, his queen, his lover, his bride. As we lay and he caresses me, he gradually begins to wander just a little with his hands, a casual brush of my breast and a suggestive sweep of my inner thighs, just enough to say, I know you're here and I want to explore you, but I will wait. He lightly kisses my ear, maybe slightly nibbles, whispers again, but this time words that communicate desire and appreciation. I've missed your body and I long to see it again. When I feel you pressed against me, I want you, all of you. Gradually the touches become more seductive and my body starts to feel warm and connected. He sometimes moves his hand into my pants and he passes by with his sweeping movements. And as he comes near my garden, he pauses just briefly to acknowledge her. His fingers lightly tug on my underwear strings, creating a sensation of tease and pleasure. This continues as he runs his hands along my body for a few more minutes, becoming more and more bold. His hand moves to my cheek and gently nudges me to see if I will meet his lips. When I do, his mouth gently claims mine with a sigh of pleasure. As he kisses me, I want more of him. And so I change positions so that I'm sitting on his lap and able to deeply kiss and pull close. As we do, our lower bodies connect and engage and I feel his desire of me. His hands now have more free reign on my chest and his touches tell me he wants more access. I remove my shirt, exposing my bra and my breasts. His pleasure at seeing more is visible and his words tell me how he loves to see my body. His fingers tease and tantalize, but while they come achingly close, they do not touch. He moves his kisses down my neck to that space between my breasts that he loves so much. He nuzzles the top of my breast and searches with his tongue for my nipple. He finds it and we both sigh with pleasure. He enjoys one side and then the other. As he enjoys me, I want less between us. And so I unhook my bra so it can fall away and he can have free access to caress and enjoy, periodically pausing to look me in the eye and verbalizing with words what his tongue has expressed below. He finds my lips again and again, 
and tastes deeply using his tongue to communicate to me in a third way how erotic and beautiful he finds me. I want to feel his touch on more of me, so I languidly lay back, exposing my body to him. His hands travel all over me, and as he passes over my pants, his eyes and words let me know that it's time for them to come off, and seeing my agreement, he carefully removes them. Barrier gone, his hands begin teasing me more heavily, alluding to pleasure, then moving away. As he teases, I can feel my whole body awake and alive and engaged, chasing the sensations. I love the feeling of the heat of his hand through my underwear, and my hips begin to move in response to the feeling becoming centralized there. He curves his hands and passes slowly over my garden, carefully applying and removing pressure. He circles my lower belly, and the movement stirs the sensations inside of me. He continues his circling, caressing, and gliding as my hips really engage and the warmth spreads all through me. His words to me are erotic, describing what he sees, the way I'm moving, the feel of my skin, the wetness seeping through my underwear. All of it turns him on, and he shares his enthusiasm with me. The time comes when I can't bear to only feel him from the outside, from the far, far side of the barrier, and I ask him to slide his fingers inside. As he does this, the pleasure multiplies, and I begin approaching the end. As I sense what I need and desire, I ask for it, and he gladly provides, ushering me over the threshold of release. Stillness follows that moment, and then he wraps me in his arms again, whispering words of love and acceptance and a description of the erotic experience we've just shared together. He calls me his queen, and he has made me his subject. Uh, <laughs> commercial break now. I'll be back from a cold shower in five minutes. Thank you. You need and to good night. You need to step outside Whoa. and smoke a cigarette after oh. that. I know. Hey, now, listen, I'm going to call you when I'm going to bed tonight, and I need you to read that to me again <laughs> in that same sexy Shannon voice. <laughs> Whoa. Now, I just think that this is so amazing because when this woman first came to me, when she first attended a workshop, she was shut down so Aww. tight that it was like a clam and a crowbar. Like so there, this was a workshop this, attendee. Th yes. And, okay. and then she started doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. And okay. then she brought her husband about two months later to a, a three-day intensive with mm -hmm. me. And she wrote this at the end of her intensive. And that weekend, you can imagine what kind oh, of amazing gosh. sex they had. They certainly had their breakthrough. <laughs> And so I just want to cast the vision that, you know what, ladies, when you learn to ask for what you need, when you learn to ask for what you want, if that's slow down, if that's speed up, if that's just tease me, but then pull away or, you know, whatever, ask for what you need. And then having your breasts touched or having your desire switch flipped on is not such a crazy notion, right? But you got to give yourself a chance to warm up. Would you like to hear more stories like this from our listeners? I'd love it. Oh my gosh. I was literally sitting here taking notes of like the things that I loved <laughs> about this uh, letter. Yeah. And, and it's totally unedited. Hero. I know. Wow. Totally unedited. I decided to share it in its realest, most rawest form because to me, this is intimacy. Like she has given us a glimpse into what she 
longs for, what she craves, what she needs in order for her clam to open. Right. And, and right. I just think that every woman deserves to know that about herself. She deserves to know what can open her up to the possibility of the magic that can happen between she and her husband when she gets really comfortable in her own right. skin and really right. eager to connect. And it reminds me too, did you think of Song of Solomon as I was reading oh, this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's where um, Brian and I's conversation started the other day. You know, we were talking about that book of the Bible. And so, yes, this is uh, so like it's parallel and identical um, to that love letter. Yeah. And in the Song of Solomon, she talks about her breasts being right. uh, twin gazelles yeah. and that her lover <laughs> rests between her breasts like a sachet of myrrh. And yeah, this is holy, people. This is holy. Right. Like, I, I know that our society has really tainted the concept of breasts, like with, you know, restaurants like Hooters and Twin Peaks and that kind of stuff. But let's not let the world steal from us what God intended for Keeping us it. to enjoy. Right. I think that a husband loves his wife's breasts, no matter their size or shape, no matter their age, no matter their perkiness or lack mm -hmm. thereof. I just think that a man loves to lay there. And <laughs> I've actually had men <laughs> ask the question, how do women get anything done? If I had those, I'd play with them all the time. <laughs> I know. And sometimes we do. I mean, I don't know about you. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe. But That's no. completely you, allowed. You get used to them. That's true. You get used to them. That's true. Um, so yeah, this has been a great conversation. And I want to thank our friends, Jeff, for emailing his question in yes. and our friend Abigail and Philip for being very, very vulnerable and sharing with us something so, so sacred to remind right. us of how powerful and beautiful and pleasurable intimacy really is. Yes. So awesome. <laughs> I love that. It's just such a good example of how you help people just uh, peel those layers back, you know, like an onion we've talked about before, but just figuring out what you want and what you need and seeing individuals and couples just transform their sex lives. And he obviously was so intentional with her and affirming her self-worth. And Well, in her fantasy, um, uh, oh, you know, yeah. she wouldn't say that he was this way to begin with, but yeah. this is, this is what it looks like to teach your partner how to treat you. You've learned. You and, can't assume yeah. that they know what you would find desirable. They don't think nope. like you. The man comes home from work and is ready to drop his briefcase and grab your boobs. That's just, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't need any warm up. That, right. He considers that warm up, but a woman, she often needs this kind of right. closeness, connection, touch, teasing, taunting. She needs to feel that bonding. So if there are couples out there that can relate to Abigail and Philip, um, or Jeff you know, and his wife, yes, or even <laughs> Jeff and his wife, would the sexually confident couples workshop be a good stop for them? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And roll that commercial. Imagine four days on a beach in paradise with three experts in sexual connection, helping the two of you become one sexually confident couple. Yeah, it is possible. Join Shannon Etheridge and friends at Nyer Resort and Spa in Placencia, Belize for the Sexually Confident Couple Workshop. Coming up May 24th through 27th or May 27th through 30th, 2020. 
Register today at ShannonEthridge.com by clicking on the workshops link. Space is incredibly limited, so don't miss this sexually confident couple workshop. It's truly going to be unbelievable. That really made me horny. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Ryan Clark at Touch Media. The podcast and website represent the opinions of Shannon Etheridge and Michelle Woods and their guests to the show. Content here is for informational purposes only. You can get more information at shannonetheridge.com.